welcome to Bloody Mary, a podcast about horror movies, feminism, and sexuality. I'm your host, Chicago comic Kristen Lighty, and today we have with us his birthday girl, Deanna Ortiz. Hello! It's my birthday. It's my Yay. birthday every day, but today for real. That is so exciting. <laughs> I did not know that when I invited you to record today, so yeah. um, everyone follow Deanna on Twitter and say, happy birthday yeah. when you listen. Please do. I need it. Uh, Deanna, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Um, I am a stand-up comic in Chicago. Um, I'm a cast member of the Lincoln Lodge, which is the um, longest-running independent comedy show in the nation. Uh, we do shows Friday and Saturday nights in Wrigleyville at Under the Gun Theater. Um, I also run a show called um, The Two-Hour Comedy Hour. I almost forgot. <laughs> It's that what kind of day. is it? I'm there every single week, um, which is Saturday nights at the Gallery Cabaret. Um, yeah, I've been doing stand-up for about five years. I also just started teaching stand-up classes. Oh, fantastic. Um, for the Lincoln Lodge. And that's been going pretty pretty okay. That's <laughs> pretty good. Cool. Yeah. And so is that something like our listeners could go take your classes? Oh, definitely, yeah. Oh, check that yeah. out, too. Very cool. Yeah. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast. I love your comedy. Um, uh, curious, how do you feel about horror as a genre, like overall? Yeah, um, I don't really, I don't watch horror movies. I'm such a little baby, I'm so scared. I was really, really into like going to see scary movies with my friends and like doing all that when I was in high school. And I would just get so terrified out of watching these movies that I had to stop because I could not, like I would... My mom would leave, like, go to work and leave me home alone, and I would just lay on the couch, scared, because I was like, oh, there's someone in my house coming to kill me. I was like, this is real life. Well, like, when mom's home, it's fine, but the second she leaves, I'm like, I'm just dead on this couch, because I know if I get up, I'm going to get murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had to stop watching scary movies, but I love, um, I love, like, true crime. I love Mm. true crime podcasts and, like, watching like snapped or forensic files i'll watch that and that doesn't really freak me out why do you think that is i have no idea i watch it i try and do it in the mornings in the daytime (laughs) Um, i like to have a nice breakfast and watch some murder that's how i like because at night it's too real i can't i can't do it at night another like the snapped stuff i really i watched with my sister a lot and i think there is just some level of just like the crazy stories that you like I listen to a lot of my favorite murder mm-hmm. that is kind of funny to me mm-hmm. you know hearing all these crazy stories I'm like well, that's ridiculous um but I'm I've never been one to go to be like oh you want to go see that new like thriller slasher did <laughs> it's too much also I hate blood mm. <laughs> It's funny watching like movies from the seventies and like their version of Blood, where it's yeah. just like bright red paint. And yeah, it's like oh, that's so cute. See, same. I can watch like Carrie. <laughs> yeah, like I'll watch that. It is funny once you mention about being home alone. Though, like I still do. Like if I'm home alone and I see a door hasn't been locked or something, I will go through each room and make sure there's no one in my house. Because there's, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's someone in my house. Always. Um, But my thought is always like, okay, Kristen, what are you going to do if there is a person in your house? It's not like, I saw you. You have to go now. (laughs) I gotcha. (laughs) Oh, my God. Or like uh, Pete Holmes has this great joke where like he's driving in his car and he feels like, oh, what if there's someone in my back seat? I know what I'll do. I'll swat my hand in the back seat while I'm driving. And he's like, what happens if I feel a face? Like, what do I do? You 
know, like that's supposed to comfort you, like that motion of checking the back seat with your hand. But like, what if it's true? Yep. Oh man. Then you know you're right. Then at least you'll die with the satisfaction <laughs> that you were right. But something. Something. We'll do so that. Like careen off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. I fucking knew it, dude. Knew you were there. So I love. I actually really enjoy having people that don't like horror on because yeah. I feel like. Um, there's just so much more to talk about. <laughs> uh, so what's the first horror movie you remember seeing? Um, my dad showed me It. Oh. Yeah. When It first came out. And I didn't realize it was a, like a mini series mm-hmm. when it first came out. But now, I think I found that out a couple a couple months ago. But now that makes sense because it was like he showed it to me like in different times. Like he, when we were watching it and terrified hated it mm-hmm. and then he showed it to me again like a couple weeks later like, <laughs> he's like i just want to give you a week to process yeah and then uh next thursday we'll be back we'll catch up still hated it <laughs> no surprise yeah and i don't really even remember like actually like taking in i just remember like scary feelings and being like no thank you and now i hate clowns now Oh, maybe because there's of that. something in there. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But, like, the one that I can really, really remember when I was in, like, middle school, because that was another thing. We we would watch scary movies at my friend's house when, like, her mom would be out of town. We watched It, actually. We watched It, and we watched um, The Ring, and we were so terrified. We had VHSs, and we tore them apart. <gasps> we, like, ripped them apart because we were scared that... It was gonna. It was like real, and it was gonna manifest through the VHS. And oh, were these like rentals? <laughs> no. God, yes. I hope not. That's how we owed Blockbuster yeah. five thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! Is it because of me? <laughs> is it because of what I did to all the scary movies? God, I remember that. But then we had all this tape underneath this table, and it looked just like the ring, the girl from the ring, like just blackness and spirally mm-hmm. hair. And we were like even more terrified. It was. We, I remember there was two of us and we had just destroyed the VHSs and we were getting ready to go to sleep and we put a third like fake body like just pillows closest to the door <laughs> they start stabbing they'll stab that one <laughs> they'll first they'll stab the pillows first that'll give us so much time oh my god I'm just unlocking all of this right now. I totally, I totally blocked this memory. It's so traumatic. And like, we're not sleeping after watching those movies. Mm-hmm. We're just laying in fear. Oh, that's oh funny. my god. Yeah, I took a, a friend as an adult. I took a friend to see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. at the Logan Theater. And um, ten minutes in, I was like, "Where did she go?" And then I looked at my phone, and she had texted me like, "I'm in the lobby. I'm just gonna drink." <laughs> You paid for ten minutes. <laughs> like not for me. Like no one's really even been murdered I yet. Love it. Come on. <laughs> if you're gonna chicken out, chicken out when the good stuff starts happening. Yeah, at least get a taste of it. Oh my yeah. gosh. I love that she bought the ticket too and was like, I'm in it, I'm in it. And then it's like, oh wait, no, I <laughs> She's like, I looked at you and you were just sitting there so relaxed, like you were at a day spa. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, okay, you do you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, today for us to talk about, Deanna chose The Strangers, a film from 2008 in which Kristen and Jamie go on a, uh, which was supposed to be a romantic little getaway with a marriage proposal. Uh, but Kristen decides that she doesn't want to marry Jamie, and then the house has visitors, uh, and it turns into a full-blown home invasion. So if you haven't seen it, I just ruined it for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but as you know in Bloody Mary, we are full-on spoilers, so if you haven't seen it, go watch it and come back. 
And Deanna, what made you pick The Strangers? Okay. That was the last scary movie that I saw in theaters. Oh. Before I was like, I can't do this anymore. Really? Yeah. And that was, what, it was like 2007, I think, that came out. So I was in high school, and it was just too real of like the people watching you from the outside and people breaking in and you not knowing that people are there while you're like just going about your day. Yeah. And I grew up in the suburbs, so it's like lots of dark, darkness, <laughs> not, not a lot of people on the street. And uh, secluded houses, very similar to um, it, like it was in the movie. And when you asked me, I was like, "Oh, I, I'll just do the, I'll do a movie that I've already seen because I don't want to get scared again." Mm-hmm. And so I've seen this, and so it won't be that big of a like a of like a shock to me when bad stuff starts happening. And I ended up like reading the synopsis for the movie and then watching it. And also, like, pausing every couple minutes to be like, okay, that's not Jamie, that's this guy. This is his real name. This is the actor's name. Oh, I know him <laughs> from here. Like, I had to break it down. <laughs> you, like, what? looked at his IMDb. I did, yeah. All the, and even the people, like, even the strangers, I was like, this girl's name is Molly. Okay, cool. I know a Molly. <laughs> <laughs> is she a murderer? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very interesting. So it was, it felt, like, from the way you describe it, like, this was kind of traumatic to rewatch. Bits of it. Because now I live on my, well, I live with my boyfriend, so, I mean, I'm not in my parents' house anymore, but just afterwards, that kind of feeling of, like, this isn't real. This is, like, you can, you're good. Like, because when I was in high school, it was not like that. I was like, everyone's an attacker. Mm -hmm. I'm never safe in my house. But this was fine to rewatch it, especially because I have seen it. I think I saw it, like, twice in theaters, probably. Something stupid like that. To be like, oh, this was so scary. I'm going to go back and face my fears. And mm-hmm. I saw it again. And then I was like, turns out, <laughs> just as scared. <laughs> but yeah, this one wasn't that. It was easier to watch, definitely. I know it doesn't sound like it was very easy because mm-hmm. I had to do so much prepping. But it, it was. The prepping paid off, I feel. That's good. <laughs> I didn't know. I hope this doesn't give you nightmares. Oh, no. <laughs> I do remember seeing this in the theater and feeling very angry at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, because really, in American theaters, this is the first kind of, um, and maybe I'm wrong here, maybe it's just the first home invasion film I saw in theaters, and that was a, a large-scale production from you know mass media. And I remember being so angry that like you didn't know who the killers were. We never got to see their yeah. faces. And like it did instill that idea of like, this killing was totally random, and it could have been anyone that did it. Mm-hmm. And like me, that just made me really mad. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I want a plot point. Yeah. I want to know what happened to someone to like make them want to do this to people. Um, but that's actually, now that I'm an adult and re-watching it again, the idea that of that randomness seems so much more scary. Yeah, that it could be anybody. Mm-hmm. And there didn't need to be that big like build up for this like villain like psychologically whatever to give the audience to still be like these dudes are fucking creepy this makes them scarier mm-hmm. i feel like i was gonna say like what other scary movies have i no not realized because like, it it's it's terrifying but you don't really get that much background on who 
the clown is because he's not real at the end, right? I haven't rewatched it. I refuse to watch it. Oh, you should. Oh, God. Doesn't it's, he, like, turn into a spider and then... In the 90s one, he does. And um, it's more the idea that he is an ancient spirit that feeds okay, off yeah. fear. Yeah. So, like, you know why, you know? Yeah. Like, he needs to eat children to keep children <sighs> afraid so he can thrive. And, like, to me, that's like, yes, Pennywise makes sense. Oh. Um, whereas this is just, like, oh, people just picked your house and I mean they even say it yeah when Liv Tyler's character is like why are you doing this yeah. and they're like you were home yeah and like uh. or even the idea of like just these random people that are like oh let's go do this mm-hmm. you guys want to go kill some people mm-hmm. you know these strange these people that we're going to kill I don't know I don't know them they didn't do anything to me mm-hmm. let's go freaking kill them yeah, I mean, like, even Charles Manson and the um, Bianca Tate murders, like, they had a plan, you know. What? Wait, didn't... Who just died? Oh, Manson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Bless up. I mean, their plan was totally ridiculous, and mm-hmm. they wanted to, like, make it look like black people had murdered yeah. these rich people, so it would start a race war. Mm-hmm. That is the other thing that was really scary to me was that at the beginning of the movie it says based on true events Mm -hmm. and i took that to mean this really like these two people are real all of this is real when in reality it's just based on those murders oh yeah which i'm like oh well that's not the same thing you Mm -hmm. know you just took different pieces and put together this fiction well it's also like the texas chainsaw massacre says they're based on a true story (laughs) and it's like "Mm, no (laughs) i don't think it and it works to scare the shit out of people oh yeah that is the like well fargo did the same thing and it was like this is the true story of this this and then i was like well this is so crazy oh this you guys lied (laughs) you You guys guys lied (laughs) hey you guys are liars none of that's real (laughs) Uh, so I'm curious, what are some of the themes in this movie that jumped out at you? Kristen and Jamie. Mm-hmm. Started with them and there's already so much tension. And you kind of know, you're like, this is going to be bad because it's a scary movie. And just to see how that, I was like, maybe it'll help them. Maybe by the end of it, they'll get married again and they'll be beautiful and beautiful and all this stuff. But it didn't. It all just kind of helped the favor of the strangers too. Mm-hmm. Helped it all fall apart because I feel like they're her not marrying him and that tension that they had even at the beginning went into so much that the strangers didn't even have to do anything their relationship was not like their love didn't help because it they're like falling I, I thought it would be like oh we're gonna get through this together but it really kind of turned them more I, against each other i think because she was leaning so heavily on him to be like help help me help us we mm-hmm. need to get out of here and he really just fucking couldn't yeah, and I think it also really brought out a lot of the thing, a lot of the flaws in their relationship. Yeah, like there was one scene where he is just desperately trying to put together the gun, yeah. and she's like, "You said you went hunting with your dad," yeah. and he's like, "I just told you that. Like, mm-hmm. why would you lie about that? Yeah, like that's a very weird thing." And there was other instances too, like when he left, he just left to go get cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And granted, we didn't know anything bad was happening. But it was representative of this idea of like there's stress and instead of communicating with you, because she had cigarettes, there were cigarettes there. Yeah, yeah. So instead of like staying and try to work through this, I'm gonna, I gotta leave, I need any excuse to leave. Yeah. And it's, I think it was a a metaphor for their bad communication Mm -hmm. skills. So then things escalate 
And I feel like there was numerous times, like you said, where Kristen was like trying to get something from this partner and it just fell flat. Yeah. He and towards the end he leaves to go and get that radio to work and you can tell, I mean, obviously they're terrified and they realize like this is it, this is our last chance. And he falls or something, no, he gets hit or something by the guy. And then she's the one that has to go and Uh kind of be like, I'm doing this. I have to do this right now. Like, you're not helping me. I need to get out of here. But even at the end, they all, they come back and it's it's just because he really want, I think he wanted to be that I can save you. I can help us. Uh But he just couldn't, you know, like at the end, he's like yelling for her to run, just get out. Mm-hmm. Which was, I'd be like, <laughs> man, can't tell me twice. <laughs> man, when they were trying to get out in that car. Oh, yeah. And they're just stopped. I'm like, fucking drive. Hit mm-hmm. the person who gives a shit. Like, because mm-hmm. there's the car behind them and then the the dude in the front. It's like, just go. Yeah. Here. Get out. I Also, I would never let someone leave to go buy cigarettes after that girl had already come to the door. Yeah. I didn't like that. She was creepy. Mm-hmm. So I have one more thought about mm-hmm. the relationship yes, status. I can't help but wonder if this film is a metaphor for not settling for mediocre men. Because, like... <laughs> yeah. She didn't want to marry him. He couldn't help defend against these murderers. Mm-hmm. and uh, So maybe that's the takeaway, ladies. You know, <laughs> don't settle. <laughs> but she also puts the ring back on. Oh. She was wearing the ring. Well, maybe it's the idea if you're going to die, you'll die together. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's that moment before they're stabbed where she mm-hmm. like takes the time and says, I love you. Yeah. And you're like, do you mean that? <laughs> <laughs> or are you just going to die right now? <laughs> I suppose it's nice to end things nicely. Yeah. You know. They want. They wanted to. They wanted to put a little. Like maybe they'll all. They'll all be okay, and then they'll really get married. And <laughs> okay, so in that case, the message is marriage will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't get married, it's still gonna kill you. <laughs> I got divorced this year. I might have some like weird thoughts influencing my ideas. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what it's really about? I guess we'll never know. I guess truly, <laughs> we won't ever know. <laughs> it's about true love and overcoming adversity. Yeah, Yay. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about the creepy door knocker. Oh, my God. This film was actually, the director had an incident happen like this. Um, he said, there were three incidents that influences this film. It's the Manson family, um, some really brutal cabin murders in California, mm-hmm. and then um, when he was a kid, someone knocked on his door and tried to get in because there was a string of robberies happening. Oh. Um, so this movie was also maybe possibly not made because he was almost home invaded. Oh, oh man! What then? What would we be talking about right now? I don't know. Would we even know each other? <laughs> would we even? <laughs> What's the butterfly effect on this movie? Dude? <laughs> that was terrifying. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. The fact that okay, one, it's a the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. middle of the night. Mm-hmm. They're they're having a fight and the doorbell rings. Well, it's like don't get it. Yeah. You know? That's the moral of the story. Don't answer the door to strangers. It's never anything good. I never answer the door. It's fine. I have a nice little window overlook, so yeah. I can look down and see, see and I'm like, oh, Jehovah's. No, thank you. No, thanks. <laughs> Go on to the next one. My window doesn't, um, there's like a ledge, so you can't see straight to the door. I mean, nine times out of, my next door neighbor, my neighbor like across the hall is orders online packages like every single day, so it's always Amazon. 
And then they buzz everybody, and then somebody lets them in, oh, which I God. do not like. But they buzz me, and I'm like, you know what? If it's for me, we'll f- I'll find a way to get it. It's not. I don't. <laughs> no thanks. I can't be bothered. Yeah. So this very creepy blonde girl. They get. Mm-hmm. She knocks on the door and asks, like, "Is Tamara here?" Uh, and then, the creepiest voice. Yeah. Too. Very creepy. Very like hippie surfer yeah. drug addled. Like yeah. gross. And then, you know, they say, like, no, this person doesn't live here. But then she says, see you later. Yeah. Which, like, no. First first clue for me if I was in that house to be like, well, we're leaving. Uh And we're not answering the door. And she unscrewed the light bulb so you couldn't see her face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I actually would have asked her, like, if she was in an accident because she kind of sounded like she had a head injury. Mm -hmm. And, like, for someone to be coming to your door. Yeah. Like, that would be such a more plausible excuse if you wanted to just get in the house. Yeah. But. They, and they, they do try and be like, does she, we, I should go talk to her. Does she need help? Because mm-hmm. they look again and she's just standing in the street. Mm-hmm. And like, should I go see if she needs anything? And then she goes, no, it's fine. And then she comes back once he leaves. Which, the second he comes home, I'd be like, I'm getting in the car, we're leaving. Yeah. You know, there's not, whoever this girl is. Maybe she's in trouble. I'm not going to be the one to help you. <laughs> I can't. I can't be that one right now. Oh, my God. Uh, I, uh, I nanny for these kids, and they live in this really gorgeous house in Lincoln Park, and it's beautiful and very... Um, have you checked the children? Have you checked the children? Yeah, yes. and she and she's in this mansion that has, like, windows everywhere, and I'm watching these two kids, and the fucking doorbell rings, and I'm like, <laughs> this is a test, and I'm not answering it. <laughs> nope. Oh my god, my heart was never. And the little kids like, "Mom's home." I'm like, "Mom doesn't ring the doorbell. This is a predator." And it was UPS, but I was still like, "Same Do thing. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Do not. We're not answering the door." Oh my god, terrifying. There was so many terrifying things in this film, specifically like the use of music. Say, yep. Yeah. Like that song, "The Sprout and the Bean." I actually really like that song. Oh. Like I love Joanna Newsom, and that mm-hmm. song makes me happy. Mm-hmm. But hearing it in this setting was kind of jolting. Mm-hmm. So it was like, ugh. It was, it's so quiet the whole time in that movie, except for like, because there's no background music at all that's ever playing except for that song. And it is, it's so haunting to that because everything is building up to around it. It's like this woman, there's hiding in this closet with a gun waiting for someone and you know these people are in the house. They put the music on, and like, what are they? What are they waiting for? What are they doing? And it, <laughs> oh, unbelievably yeah. hot take right here. You heard it here first. Um, but like, when people play happy music and they're doing scary things, that makes the song scary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. When they when they came in to do that, they put on a little Merle Haggard, mm-hmm. and uh, I just laughed so hard. Like, I like to put on my Merle Haggard before I start <laughs> murdering. I do my murders. <laughs> That's it. Also, during that scene, um, their friend Mike comes in, but it's Dennis. From I it's know, always sunny. I laughed so hard <laughs> when I was like, "This fucking guy! Of course he's gonna get shot." And that was before it's always sunny came out. And yeah. So, I mean, now I was just like, "Oh well, now I know this isn't real because I know this guy." And he mm-hmm. lives to tell the tale. <laughs> yeah, I was imagining him like turning into his character of Dennis and like yeah. stealing shit and like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm upset that he didn't have more more in it. I bet he is too. 
<laughs> he's like, I show up, I die, and that's it. What a good guy, though, like coming to pick up his friend yeah. who had just gotten rejected from his, uh, you know, f- yeah. marriage proposal, and like at four in the morning, too. Yeah. And he stumbles upon the scene of like the car is smashed, mm-hmm. the music is playing, and like something has gone wrong. You know, the back door is open, and you can just see like it's, something's happened. And he still walks in, and I'd be like, no, I'm good, actually. Yeah, he was probably thinking they had a huge fight or something. Yeah. Like, I will not marry you. <laughs> you can't make me. <laughs> also, poor Jamie. He probably thought that's the worst oh his night was going to get. You yeah. Know? <laughs> can you imagine? I also didn't like. <laughs> Maybe I'm a snob. <laughs> he was like, he should be sadder. Like, he should be way <laughs> sadder. Or he should just be like, you know what? Fine, kill me. I don't care. I've already shot my best friend. Mm-hmm. But how convenient for the, the killers that are like, cool. You know? Because <laughs> they really didn't do that much. No, a lot of this was mind games and letting yeah. themselves work themselves up into a frenzy. Yeah. Uh, and so much of it, too, was, like, building this tension. Like, the first time we really see um, the killer with a bag head come out, there isn't, like, a ha moment. No. He just kind of watches her. Let's her get some water, go around the house, and then he disappears. But you, as the viewer, are like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. He's right there, bitch. Turn around. <laughs> Turn around. Yeah. Exactly. And little things, you know, like... Picking up the um, smoke detector, mm-hmm. putting it back on the chair, doing stuff like that. That maybe, you know, if it was me, I wouldn't have caught mm-hmm. in that moment. But as a viewer, you're like, holy shit. Like, this is- yeah. Why do shit like that all the time where I'm like, did I, do, did I move that? Yeah. Ah, who cares? You know? <laughs> and then I'm like, there's someone in the house. <laughs> it was probably not a man with a bag in his head here to murder me. <laughs> that was nah. not, not your first thought always. No. <laughs> That's always my first thought. And you know, I just interviewed Stephanie Weber and we talked about the town that dreaded sundown. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? No, but I did listen to both of those. Um, oh. I listened to yours and hers that you guys cool. did. I love both of those podcasts. Yeah, there was a lot of similarities uh, between the way they portrayed the murderer in this film and that film. They yeah. probably, it's probably like a little bit of an homage, mm-hmm. you know, to the, the bag over the head. Yeah. So I was like, fear, I'm going to invoke fear and be a serial killer. Put some effort in, <laughs> you know. <laughs> do something a little more than just a bag. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, do you think they planned these murders and then got the masks or like found the masks first? And then we're like, we should fucking kill people with these. <laughs> I think it's that one. They're like, oh my God, this mask is so creepy. I mean, we have these three creepy masks and the guy's just like, I don't have anything. And like, Get a bag. <laughs> Guys, I don't have anything. I was also just like so pissed off when that guy was in the first time you see the guy. Because at first it's just the, the girl with the braids and then the... Um, the pinup girl. I think that's what they she's like billed as pinup girl and doll face or something like mm-hmm. that. And the guy with the mask, you don't see him until he's actually in the house. Like before, there's nobody in the house. Mm-hmm. How the hell? Why aren't you locking your doors? Mm-hmm. You know, that would be the first thing. Because right when Jamie comes back from getting cigarettes, she's like, there's a dude outside with a mask. The girl came back. There are people here to hurt us. And he's like, you're, we're fine, babe. You're Honestly, just a woman. You're fine. Are you having your period? Oh, you're crazy. <laughs> I was so pissed off. He's like, you probably threw your phone charger into the fire. Whatever. He's a dumb bitch. Why won't you marry me? <laughs> and he walks over to the back door and he checks it and it's unlocked. I'm like, well, now y'all are asking for it. Actually, you uh-huh. deserve to get murdered if you're not locking your fucking doors. 
that that was like okay well yeah I lock my door everywhere like even when I'm back in my hometown yeah you know, people laugh at me because they're like, why are, you la- why are you locking everything? You're so paranoid now. You're from the city. It's <laughs> like, you're, you're inviting it. You're yeah. asking for yeah. it. <laughs> like, lock your door. There was another murder that I listened to on My Favorite Murder. Um, hot plug, if you know. <laughs> um, it was a guy that was just going around and checking doors. And um, if one was unlocked, I, I'm going to come and I'm going to kill you guys. Jesus. I can't remember what it was, though, but that one... Always stuck out to Lock me. your doors. Never leave your house. Never leave them. <laughs> Stay inside. I would not be excited by a weekend trip to the country. I am terrified no. of not being surrounded by people. Yeah. And it is a weird switch coming from, I mean, how long have you been in the city? Like 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like coming out of that. And even I was home for Thanksgiving in the suburbs and lived there my whole life. Took my dog for a walk at like midnight. And I was like, oh my God, it's so dark out here mm-hmm. there are street lights but like it's and there's no one around i think i took that for granted a lot i live in the city that there's always somebody mm-hmm. to hear you scream um yeah it's help. a beautiful thing <laughs> community because you will be screaming <laughs> where did we took my dog up to this like cabin in like northern wisconsin and we stayed at this little airbnb and the doors didn't lock like <laughs> they locked from the outside i think it was this weird thing I don't know, but we, you also had to like put your whole body weight into it to open the door. So we were like, if we get murdered, we'll hear them at least. Like if someone tries to come in, we'll hear the doors open. Mm -hmm. But it was just terrifying. There was people that were next door that were the sweetest people that I was like, okay, maybe they'll save us too. But um, yeah, terrifying. That feeling of going into like nowhere, nothing like, we don't know where we are. Mm -hmm. I don't know where anybody is. (laughs) And the doors don't lock. Mm -hmm. I'm terrified. Always. Me too. My dad used to live out in the middle of nowhere, and I would go out for a cigarette sometimes and just be like, oh, I'll just have half of one because uh, I'm good. <laughs> you know what? I think I quit. I think I'm actually done. Wow, it's a miracle. Dad, you saved me. <laughs> but they saw their faces at the end. They take the yeah. masks before they actually start to stab them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that made it scarier, honestly, because if you turn over, if you see that, it's like, oh, it's just these two people in the sky. Mm-hmm. You can put a face to it. It kind of makes it feel more grounded i guess but and i think too we always want to say like well they did something they deserved it they mm. were involved in something mm-hmm. in some way yeah. and that's why it happened but with no answers of any kind it's that chaos mm-hmm. uh, it's terrifying because it makes you feel like it's something that could happen in your life because mm-hmm. you're just a person doing a thing yeah <laughs> i'm just a person coming home after rejecting my f- boyfriend asking me to marry him. <laughs> um what i did love that i caught at the end was because she okay so we're like five minutes into the movie she's already naked and i'm like great (laughs) hollywood (laughs) fabulous she's like naked in a bath and i'm like do we need this scene (laughs) of course we need it and then she changes and they change her back into the dress to stab her yeah it's like you guys are fucked up (laughs) you weren't already fucked up for killing people you're fucked up for putting her back in this fancy dress yeah. Like, mm, why don't you put on your stabbing clothes? Yeah. Why don't you do something prettier? <laughs> why don't you do something nice? Yeah. When oh. we stab you. All through Ooh. this movie, I kept thinking about the crazy video. Do you remember that? No. It was like Alicia Alicia Silverstone and her, and they like skip school. Oh, no. I, never seen oh, I'm way older than you. No. But I just kept remembering thinking, like, remember that? That was fun. You had fun there. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do this movie? You could have been doing another one of those. Yeah, another you're Steven Tyler's one. daughter. You could be in any video. 
I also like kind. Of, this is just like my inner um, radical coming out, but the thought when they they said something in the very beginning of like this is their summer home, and part of me is like, I got a fucking summer yeah. home. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if you get murdered. <laughs> well, it's like his family's summer home. That's mm-hmm. why. And part of me was like, is this a statement of class war? <laughs> that she. I mean, because I mean, he has it all. You know, this guy's proposing to you. You know, mm-hmm. he's cute. He's got a summer home. I think his, I mean, his parents, you must come for money. If you have a summer home, you're rich. Yeah. And and then it all just fell apart more than even just like this night. Their whole relationship was falling apart that night. And then to make it worse, they got murdered. <laughs> <laughs> there and, was, uh, can we talk about how bad Liv Tyler is at hiding? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Liv oh Tyler, God. worst hide and seek oh player ever. But he's like that slow, that thing that they do. He's just slowly, casually, looking for her, mm-hmm. coming up. And yeah, well, she hid first. She's like under the table, like the first <laughs> yeah. time that she thinks things are happening, and then she's like in the bedroom next to the window, conveniently mm-hmm. where all the murderers are. And does she go under the bed? She tries to, but her head's too big. (laughs) Does she spend so much time like, "Hmm? no, no, won't fit. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let's see where else I can go. Did she go back into the bathroom? She was like in the top. Maybe. maybe I think so. The ones that jumped out most to me where she's like, she's in that fucking pantry. Yeah. Where the slots are so big. You can see see her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like. I'm hiding. <laughs> Don't find me. I'm hiding. Oh my god, that one was yeah, that one at the end. And oh, well, because she was outside, and then she's like calling for help, and then she runs somehow gets back inside. Mm-hmm. And well, she hide. was also like army crawling through yeah. this very well lit lawn. <laughs> like, <laughs> she can see you. <laughs> she had one shot at one of the girls, and then the guy comes and uh, yeah, and it. I mean, it doesn't seem very far away, the shed, once they're like, oh, there's a radio in there, but it was the longest run, mm-hmm. or like however long to get, for both of them to get out there. Um, but also, I mean, at least for me, if I'm out of the house, don't ever go back in the house. Yeah. You know, maybe she was coming back for him. I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I would come back for whoever, I'm like, he tried, he lost, I'm getting out of here at least. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't understand why she went back into the house, and then... Also, hiding, that's not, you're, you have nowhere to go now. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to get you for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, <laughs> that's such a funny, hey, we can see you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because when she is crawling through the yard, they're, they're, one of the girls is sitting on a swing. Mm-hmm. One is standing overhead watching. Yeah. And it's just, like, very representative, like, the futility of this character's trying even mm-hmm. like it was laughable yeah 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 that was kind of the whole over the whole thing where they they're like we you're gonna try but you're not gonna succeed and we're gonna end up getting you anyway and mm-hmm. we don't have to do anything yeah to, we won't even have to try it's a great mm-hmm. metaphor for just existential dread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but I do think the other theme that like kind of poked out at me a little bit is this idea of violence as a learned behavior. Because mm-hmm. uh, at the end, when the truck is, um, the three of them are in the truck, and they're, you kind of hear some light conversation between them, and the woman says to the other woman, like, don't worry, it gets easier. Like, yeah. we're going to do this more, you yeah. get into it, and... Uh, yeah, that was one of the themes that jumped out. But like, given that there's so little dialogue, it was kind of it was kind of hard to pull out a lot of themes mm-hmm. of this film besides mm-hmm. just fear and chaos. Yeah. <laughs> um, but was there was there anything else that jumped out at you in regards to that? Like maybe metaphor. Or... Yeah, I agree because it does kind of feel like they didn't really have a plan of just like, okay, we're gonna do we're gonna start with the girl knocking on the door. And then they'll let us in and we'll come in and we'll do this. Um, And then it just kind of maybe even got away from them. But they didn't really have... I don't think they had an idea of this is how we're going to go about killing these people. We're just going to go and kill these people. Mm -hmm. But the stabbing scene at the end, who started it? I think the guy started it and then he passed it along to the girls. Yeah, it almost felt like some kind of like initiation or just knowing like we all have to do this together. Yeah. And everybody's going to do this. Mm-hmm. Everyone takes a part in it. I don't know if the it gets easier was in terms of like, it'll get easier the act of, or it'll get easier to capture them and to kill them. Oh, um, maybe. Because I think that they didn't expect them to fight as much as they did. Mm-hmm. Um, or to be as difficult to get them and tie them up. I think maybe they wanted to, hey, she's going to come to the door and then we'll let ourselves in and we'll get them. But, oh, now he's leaving. Okay, he's coming back. Okay, who's this guy? The friend. I mean, but... Oh, that's such a great point. Maybe it was all about them learning how to be serial Mm -hmm. killers because there's so many instances where, like, she goes to the door and asks, like, well, is Tamara home? No? Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just going to stand in your yard. Like, what if the plan was she was supposed to, like, stab one of them right away Mm -hmm. and just march in? And Mm -hmm. then, like, the guy in the bag had. What if he wasn't supposed to just be standing there watching her? He was supposed to be, like, doing something. But these characters have, like, an inner conflict. And Mm -hmm. are like, should we? Shouldn't we? You know? Um, Or, like, should we wait for him to come back? Do we kill her? Yeah. Well, because that almost seems easier. You know, one, like, to kill her um, and then wait for him to come back and then kill him. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, it seems like it was part of what they wanted to do, both of them at the same time. Because, like, the scene where they're getting stabbed is they're both tied up and right next to each other. You know, it would have been maybe easier. I've never killed anybody, but I yes, think it that's might right. Be. Neither have I. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get this on the record. Uh, it's November 29, 2017. Um, I think it might have been easier for them to separate and kill. But hmm. I don't know. Also, I'm like, they could have killed the friend, mm-hmm. but it, I mean, like we said earlier, it kind of worked out easier for them. Mm-hmm. They kind of just were a couple of dogs with a chew toy. They're like, just let them tire themselves out, and then yeah. they'll come in at the last minute. And that whole gun thing is really representative of the fact that if you have a gun in your home, you're more likely to kill a family member. Yeah, you know? yeah. So true to life, true to life, the strangers. True life. My dad probably has a gun in the house somewhere. I've never seen it. I would never know what to do with it or how to where to even go about finding it, you know? Mm-hmm. Never. But the fact that he was like... Because he doesn't seem very intuitive of what to do no, he doesn't in a crisis. Yeah, put it together, find the bullets. But it all comes very 
easily in the moment of like, oh, okay, it's right here. Okay, now where are the bullets? Okay, we're going to look, 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 look. Okay, got them. Well, she put the gun together. Did she? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that bitch. Hell yeah, <laughs> She got it. Hell yeah. <laughs> but then also he's the one that gets to hold it. I'd be like, no, okay, mom's in charge right now. <laughs> okay, I miss <laughs> So what are your favorite parts of this movie? I know favorite is a weird yeah. word to say. I like the way that they tie the beginning to the end very nicely because it's the little kids and the 911 call that starts the movie of these kids finding this body and then it ties right back to them. Okay, these are the guys that, these are the kids that walked in and they talked to the murderers. Mm-hmm. Have you found, can I, they Are wanted, you sinners? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was her answer? And she replies, sometimes. Are you sinners? Mm. Sometimes. And then they get in the car and she says it'll be easier next time. Yeah, um, I liked the ending where the two little the guys the two little boys come in and they just reach out and touch her and she just screams. And grabs them. Oh, so scary. Yeah. That was very when like reminiscent of Carrie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm always ready for a jump scare in movies, in scary movies. Like even on trailers, I'm like watching them, waiting for something to jump out. Definitely didn't expect that when I watched it the first time, but I knew it was coming this time. I liked I like that, how they ended those. Oh, I It's not my... I mean, it's definitely not my favorite. It's the scariest part. When he comes in, she's by herself. He's not home yet. She's getting a drink of water. And the guy just comes in and he looks at her. And then she turns around and he's gone. Mm-hmm. The most... when you, I watched it the first time, bone chilling, just to see him come in. Because, I mean, she's in focus. Mm-hmm. He's almost even a blur. Yeah, you almost don't point. even notice it right yeah. away. Yeah. Those are... I mean, to me, like the most like memorable moments mm-hmm. like looking back well almost 10 years since it came out those are the ones that I remember when we were, I was talking to you to start watching this movie those moments that are just stuck with you mm-hmm. or even the when she opens the curtains and he's just there yes ah. just standing back at you oh my god every time I like just waiting Ugh, I'm always scared that someone's gonna be looking in mm-hmm. when I'm it's n- not really in Chicago because but I mean, someone is yeah <laughs> someone's always looking in oh that happened once and I was I lived in Lincoln Park and it was like it was a side street close buildings and I'm like getting ready to go out getting out of the shower in my underwear and I just see this guy looking in like oh, I'm on like no. the third floor but he's like across the oh, like yeah. we're both high up and he can see right in and I like fall to the ground and I close on my blinds <laughs> army like, crawl army crawl <laughs> <laughs> There's someone looking in, but, like, he's in his apartment, so I can't do anything about it. It's still creepy. It is. Mm. Yeah, but definitely, like, I'm at parents' house. I'm like, there's always going to be someone in the... Just waiting on the lawn. Like, not even, like, close up, but, like, far away where they're just watching you. But close enough where you're like, this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest fear growing up yeah. after watching this movie. I mean, this yeah. film really pulls out the idea of, like... It's terrifying because your home is supposed to be this place where you are the most safe. Like, you can mm-hmm. lock your door and you f- you're okay. But, like, the axe through the door, like, mm-hmm. that was very representative yeah. of The Shining, which I liked. But it's just this idea of, like, your house is very flimsy. If someone really wanted to kill you, they could get in like yes. that. Oh, God. Yeah. Just a fun thought <laughs> to take with this. you at yeah. night. <laughs> I, will say, I think my favorite part is actually when she's in the pantry and she thinks she's really pulled one over on the guy yeah. murderer. Yeah. And uh, he goes away. And you think like, oh, wow, maybe she is really yeah. hidden. And then the other murderer comes back with an axe and just like destroys that yeah. door and is like, yeah, we see you. Yeah. Uh, and then... But also like, you could have opened it. 
Mm. She's like, I got an axe now. Yeah. I'm <laughs> show you what I got. Yeah. And then also when um, that character, Kristen, is trying to radio people. Oh, yeah. Like, please help me. Yeah. And then the lady axe murderer is just like, nah, I'm going to ruin that too. Like, yeah. doesn't axe her, axe the radio. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of fun cat and mouse. Is- well, that's so true because we were talking about earlier about, like, did they want to kill them together or they wanted to kill them separate because there were lots of times where they had the opportunity to kill them mm-hmm. individually. Like, I think he breaks his leg or something. He does something, the, the masked guy does something to James while he's outside, and that makes Kristen have to go and get the radio. But I'm like, you have them separate right now, like it would be easier. Mm-hmm. But they still wait, and they tie them up, and maybe they come to when, in the morning, or it just cuts to they're awake, sitting mm-hmm. in the chairs tied together. I can't remember if they were unconscious and then came to... Which also broke a major rule of horror movies. Like, it's supposed to be like, yeah. if it's light time out, you made it, mm-hmm. and you're safe. Uh, you this did. was like, no, now the murdering starts. God, all night. All night. Mm-hmm. Well, it starts at like 1 o'clock mm-hmm. at 2, and then it goes up until daybreak. I just keep thinking Lionel Richie's song, like, all night, all, <laughs> all night long. I would love for that song to be in it. That would be great. I would love for just, I would love for more dialogue and more song, music to break mm-hmm. it up, because oh, the, the silence is half of the scariness and yeah all you hear is footsteps and any (laughs) final thoughts on the strangers final thoughts good movie uh would not recommend if you were a high schooler who has anxiety about being left alone but would recommend (laughs) if you're an adult (laughs) um would not recommend if you're home alone watching it and you live on a secluded area yeah (laughs) don't just save it save for another day (laughs) yeah looking back it was it was a good movie Mm -hmm. um i enjoyed it (laughs) i did too uh so where can people find out more about you deanna um i am on facebook and twitter and instagram all that stuff um you can see my comedy mostly every friday at the lincoln lodge it's at under the gun theater in wrigleyville and at the two-hour comedy hour which is every Saturday at the Gallery Cabaret. Yeah, and if you're interested in taking stand-up classes or if you want to get on the Bloody Mary podcast, but you need to become a comic first so that you can (laughs) garner Kristen's trust, um, you can take stand-up classes with me at www.thelincolnlodge.com. All that information is there. Yeah, and we'll have all that right up on the episode information so you can check it out and follow Deanna on Twitter. Uh, it's been awesome having Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. Yeah. That's been Deanna Ortiz. I've been Kristen Lighty, and this has been Bloody Mary. Have a good night. Yeah.